0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So I had to switch over to a fan because it's getting a little bit hot. And I forgot how unbelievably difficult it is to wake up when you got this fan just going. Man, oh, I could have probably slept 16 hours with that fan going. And I, I got kind of a it's a l- little bit heavy duty. But oh, that is some, some beautiful background noise. And I just, I thought I'd switch it up today because I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm getting a little tired of cold instant coffee. And I don't have time to wait to brew a pot of coffee every morning. And no, I don't have a programmable or anything. So I was like, you know what I want to try? I'm going to switch over to some energy drinks. I know I'm acting like a, you know, 18-year-old dude, but it's going to be really convenient. I, I, I don't know how I feel about it right now. It's kind of hard to judge cuz I'm I'm like I basically just slung myself down the stairs. Like I don't even I'm not walking down the stairs, I'm just going to fall down the stairs. Not doing it. So I just threw myself down the stairs, grabbed this, started drinking it, basically just poured it in my face cuz it's like I don't I can't comprehend what's happening right now. So it's it's kind of I'm kind of disappointed cuz I'm super tired and it feels like it's not doing anything, but at the same time I don't know if I've been this tired in quite a while. <laughs> so not a, not a fair and it's a bad day to switch, I guess, is what I'm saying. And that is um that's a strong flavor. If nothing else, the uh the potency of it gets you going. But at least it's not disgusting. You know, I usually I would drink that that uh chilled instant coffee and it's like instantly like get chills because it's like, oh jeez, that is toxic. But it woke me up. So anyways, uh, Aaron Rodgers is leaving the Green Bay Packers for the 19th time in the last four hours. Um, This time it's to go host Jeopardy, apparently. I don't know, man. I mean, is it worth even talking about? Do we need to even talk about it? Hey, Aaron, how'd you feel about, like, if you got to host Jeopardy, like, as the host? You know, because it was your favorite show ever growing up. Nah, Forget that. Sounds stupid. I want to be a quarterback for two years and then do nothing ever for the rest of my life. Apparently, that's the answer that uh, Florio... Want. Oh, I don't even think he's made a comment yet. He's just he's just sitting back reveling in it. I don't know. Maybe he has. But that's that's apparently what the right answer was. No, this is a stupid show. I hate it. I'm only doing this out of pity. I'm better than this. I have a job that I love That's that's going to end in the near future. Even if it's five years, that's still a near future. And I have no intention of doing anything ever after. I'm going to sit around, eat Cheetos, do drugs, burn through all my money, and watch somebody else be terrible on Jeopardy for the rest of my life. That was the right answer. I indulged a bit, but generally that seems to be what people wanted him to say. Because apparently the wrong answer is, yeah, it'd be cool sometime. That was the wrong answer, because... Yes means yes today. Yes means I'm never going back to football. It's not even possible that he means in the future or down the road. That's not possible. It has to happen now. Like like he just doesn't come back. That's the only option. Either he says, forget this show, lights the studio on fire and goes plays football. Or he takes a full-time position for the next 30 years and just, just walks away today. Well, shucks. I mean, if those are the only two options, and he said yes, he would like it, although he could still be being polite, but I mean, that's also not an option we're going to accept, then I guess he's gone. So sucks to be us, I guess. It's uh, Jordan Love forever. Thanks a lot, Gute Kunst, you lose. wait. Actually, that would be a good thing for Guttekunst, because he prepared for this, but still, Gute, you, you jerk. I hate that guy, right, guys? I don't. Know, I'm just trying to throw all the different random, like what is going on, things into one, uh, one little comment here. I'm starting to wake up a little bit. Maybe this is just taking a minute to kick in. Microphone is super in the way, though. Little sad. It's only sixteen ounces. Got to convince myself not to get a second one because I'm only supposed to drink one, according to a rule that I just made up um, this morning. But uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same as everything else. Is it possible? That he takes a job, you know, with, with Jeopardy and, and that's the reason he leaves football? Yeah. Is it possible he does it this year? I mean, I would say that there's very, very, very close to no chance, like 99.999% that that's not going to happen, that he will return as the quarterback. But I don't know how much he loves Jeopardy, I guess. I don't know. Man, he's, he's a human being that I've never met in my life. He's got all the money he could ever want in the world. As far as I know, he loves playing football. He wants to stay quarterback and he wants to, you know, I I, now the, the other funny part of this is somebody asked him, would he like to be the host of Jeopardy? And he said, yes, somebody should ask him if he would like to be the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wait, they have. And he said, yes, but he also said that it's not in his hands which means that the Packers are dumping him. No, no, it doesn't. It does seem to imply that he's not leaving, though, because if he leaves, that would be in his hands. He doesn't seem to think it's in his hands, which to me seems to imply he's going to be staying as long as the Packers allow him to stay. So, you know, again, this is not super worth talking about, but it uh, flared up because he said yes to a question. So I guess we got to keep doing this thing here. I didn't actually watch it. Um, I do really like Jeopardy. I haven't watched it in a long time. It used to be one of those things me and me and grandma used to watch and grandpa back when I lived at their house or visited or whatever. I haven't just pulled up and, and watched Jeopardy at the house, you know, especially when you got like little kids. Hey, well, first of all, I got a, a billion things to do. And if I'm going to be lazy, I'm just going to sit on my phone and watch YouTube. I can't like turn on the TV and be like, what are you doing? Like, I'm watching Jeopardy. Like, what, what are you talking about? You know, we have to pack this whole house, right? Like, well, I want Jeopardy, dude. I want to prove to myself I'm kind of smart by getting like seven questions right. It is a good show, though. And you do feel really smart when you get some of these questions right. Even if you have like a semi-educated guest that's way off. Uh, Was it like the Aztecs? Oh, yeah, 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 right. Polio was the answer. Yeah, yeah. You still feel kind of smart because it's like you you threw one out there, you know? He didn't just go, I've never heard of that in my life. You're like, no, 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 no. I, I think I got this. Um, in other news, and there is a decent amount of news going on in the universe today, uh, the Lions did side in Quinton Dunbar, defensive back, formerly of the Seahawks, which is something they did, I believe, last year as well or two years ago. They seemed to like poaching from uh, Seattle. Somebody should probably tell them the Legion of Boom was like twenty years ago. Not not literally, but still it was it was uh, basically forever ago. Uh, formerly a Washington Redskin, um, Quinton Dunbar is a classic case of a guy that was pretty mediocre forever, and then after his fifth year kind of broke out a bit. And then Seattle jumped all over it like, dude, he's so good. He had such a good year that one time. He's a freak. We got to go get him. It's amazing. This uh, undrafted free agent that's been bad forever. Then they get him, and then he just has the worst year of his entire career, graded out at a 47 overall. And then the Lions are like, dude, a Seattle cornerback? Totally. Let's do this. Legion of Boom. What? Uh, Jeff Gladney, the rookie for the Vikings, apparently turned him into the police for third-degree felony charges. Um, I, I was aware of this case that was out there, but uh, this is pretty serious. He actually faces somewhere between two and ten years in prison if he's convicted. Uh, these are serious enough accusations that, um, and I, I know that you want to wait and see what's going on, but um, his career, his NFL career is done. If, if, this gets proven. And it's, again, it's serious enough that the Vikings might not want to even mess with this. I mean, there, there comes a time when it's like, look, we don't know, but we still need to kind of distance ourselves from this whole situation. But either way, he's not going to be on a football field uh, for quite a long time um, unless it just gets, you know, dropped or something. But part of the reason that it's serious is because the Vikings, um, part of what I've been saying about their whole resurgence is that they're getting a bunch of guys back, and they've got really young corners. They they got two really young corners that were kind of stepping up, and but that's all they got. Remember, they dumped their entire cornerback group and then got all brand spanking new corners. And so a big part of them growing is having guys kind of step up. So Mike Hughes was a first-round pick in 2018. Jeff Gladney was a first-round pick in 2020. Um, you've got, uh, Chris Boyd was a seventh round pick in 2019, Harrison Hand, fifth round pick in 2020, Cam Dansler, third round pick in 2020, uh, Dylan Mabin was a undrafted free agent in 2019. The only other guys they've got, I mean, they got Mackenzie Alexander, a second round pick from 2016, and then they brought in Patrick Peterson, a uh, first round pick in 2011. But I mean, what is that like 60, 70% of this team is within the last two to three years And, and this is, this is their first round pick from last year, which is another reason why this is massively important. I mean, I I would try to draw a parallel with the Packers, but I mean, I, I, I'm going to get cause all kinds of issues. If I start talking about what if this was Jordan love, you know, the responses would be inappropriate. Now I will say Cam Dantzler is the one that kind of stepped up down the stretch. That's their third round pick from last year. Um, Jeff Gladney was kind of terrible, but I mean, they, they again, you, you, they took a first-round corner with every expectation that he's going to be, you know, the next Jair, the next whatever. He He's the guy, and uh, he may just be done-done, and, and they've been really struggling to get some corners. Again, they took Mike Hughes in the first round in 2018. He's been absolutely terrible, so they ended up, you know, bringing back Mackenzie Alexander, who went to Cincinnati for a year, who's never really been all that good. I mean, a decent stint in 2018 but um, he's been average to below average for a while. This was the Vikings' second-round pick in 2016. And again, they brought in Patrick Peterson, which sounds great on paper, but he was the uh, 83rd-best corner in football last year out of 121. Their 2019 seventh-round pick rated out higher than Patrick Peterson last year, Chris Boyd. So did Harrison Hand, their fifth-round pick out in 2020, and Cam Dantzler, their their third-round pick in 2020. All did better than Patrick Peterson last year. So it's, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, they got the bodies, no question about it. They got tons of guys and they got tons of really, really young people. And you've got Cam Dantzler, who's kind of exciting. I mean, again, he, he ended the season fairly high. He kind of started coming on strong. I mean, he down the stretch really started coming on strong. So there's a little bit of hope that maybe they found a guy and, you know, if you, if you just find one guy, that's, that's kind of cool. At least you got something out of it, but Um, At the same time, there's no guarantees of that either. It's one of those situations where he was real bad the first half and then real good the second half. But part of that is, you know, improving doesn't necessarily mean good, right? So if we look at the first half of the season, 50-60, 40-50-40, then it's 60-60. So his two best games come after this big gap because he missed some time as well, starting in week 11, 66.5, 64.2, and then a 93 like, oh my goodness, where did that come from? But then 52, then 90, then 47. So again, it's kind of like, what's going on here? But there's, you know, at least a little bit of potential. I don't know, but but it's, it's a, a pretty dire situation. And again, the one that you put the most hope in, the one you get the most excited about, your first round pick from last year, he's the guy that's going to take the biggest leap and he's got all this potential and everything else. Um, this happens. So Obviously innocent until proven guilty. I'm not even commenting on the actual charges necessarily. I'm just pointing out that this is a very serious situation and it's very bad news for the Vikings who had a lot of hope for Jeff Gladney really becoming um, a key piece. I mean, again, part of the problem with the defense is that it's getting very, very old. And the one area that they really attacked with youth is the cornerback position. And now it's been such an abject failure that they're bringing back old guys like Mackenzie Alexander, who was again, who was a Viking that left, and now they got to bring him back, and Patrick Peterson, just to fill spots because the the youth have been such a failure. And it's not all just late round. You got two first round picks in Jeff Gladney and Mike Hughes. You've got a third round pick, and uh, Mackenzie Alexander, who's now back as a second round pick that you let go. So I mean, how is that not a failure? I and mean, yeah, you brought him back cheap because he's been so bad everywhere. He's just a journeyman at this point. But a success would have been a second round pick that you pay and stays. So they have been horrible at drafting cornerbacks. I mean, the Packers have as well, at least under, under Ted Thompson, it was real bad. Under um, Brian Gutekunst, obviously, it's improved with Jair Alexander. So we understand the struggle, but it, it is a struggle, and they, they got to start drafting better because this is not going well. They're constant, re- constantly relying on the guys that they have, and they're just not finding anybody to replace them. I mean, they hit on Daniil Hunter, and then what? then nothing. I mean, Hercules Mataafa, are you kidding me? I mean, they haven't even really tried. And Daniel Hunter was a third-round pick. Otherwise, they got a fourth-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a seventh, a seventh of undrafted free agent and a seventh. That's what their entire edge rush group is. How do you not put more resources into it? And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a first-round edge that they'd pick this year, but that's that's kind of crazy. Then along the defensive line, you got Michael Pierce who's a free agent. You you drafted James Lynch in the fourth last year, Armin Watts a uh, second-round pick two years ago, he's been not good. Dalvin Tomlinson is a second-round pick that you didn't draft. You had to pay to bring him in. You see what I'm saying, though, right? They, they're becoming a team like the Bears, and I'm I'm sorry because I know that's a massive insult to the Vikings fans, but I'm I'm just I'm sh- telling you as a warning not to go down this path. This is a warning to everybody: Packers fans, Vikings fans, everybody. You're you're looking like the Bears in which we are failing at bringing in talent through the draft and we have to rely on spending money in order to fill holes. Everybody that we're looking at is is trying to fix things in free agency. Well, we brought in Dalvin Tomlinson from the Giants. We brought in Michael Pierce from Baltimore. We brought in Patrick Peterson. We brought back uh, Mackenzie Alexander from Cincinnati. We don't have anybody off the edge except the guy that we got in 2015. That linebacker, we refuse... To let anybody else step in because we got Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr and that's just the the end-all be-all. But at the same time, I mean, this is, this is pathetic. Troy Dye, the guy that we drafted in the fourth round of 2020, had a 28 overall grade. Cam Smith out of USC in 2019 um, didn't take a single snap. Ryan Conley, 2019 fifth round pick, one snap, 30 overall grade. Um, Blake Lynch, 34 overall grade. Nick Vigil is the only one that we've you know, kind of drafted early, third round pick in 2016, 60 overall grade, just bad, safeties, we got Harrison Smith, yeah, 900-year-old Harrison Smith, we're just hanging in there, first round pick in 2012, still pretty good, 2020 free agent, Miles Dorn, didn't play a single snap, 2026th round pick, 43 overall grade, Josh Metellus, another 2020 free agent, Luther Kirk, didn't play a single snap, Then you got 2017 sixth round pick. I mean, have you even had draft picks? Where are your draft picks? Oh yeah, they're all corners. (laughs) I just, every, it's like you haven't even tried. This is just weird. I guess a lot of offense and corners. It's just, it's just not working though. You know, I mean, even your tackle. I mean, Brian O'Neill was a pretty good pick. 2018 second round pick, that was pretty solid. But you've been trying to get a a replacement for your left tackle that is now gone and I believe is going to be Ezra Cleveland, but I don't know. That's my contention But again, I don't know. A lot of Vikings fans think, no, no, we're going to draft a tackle and Ezra stays where he stays, or we have a tackle on on the team that's going to play there. I don't know. I'm just... Point is, in my opinion, you don't have a left tackle. You've got your 6'6", 300-pound tackle playing guard, Ezra Cleveland, and not doing very well at that. 2019 (laughs) fourth-round pick, Drew Samia, 33 overall grade, so that's not going well. Kyle Hinton in 2020, seventh round pick, didn't play. Dakota Dozier was a 4th-round pick in 2014. He's terrible. Here's a 2019 first round pick, Garrett Bradbury, the center. He's he's all the way up to being average now, so that's cool. Um, Still has an abysmal pass-blocking grade, but uh, his run-blocking grade is nearly 70, so there's that. I mean, it's just, I'm... Listen, I, I hope you know that I would give you credit where credit's due, and I'm trying, but this is, this is a brutal, and, and Packers fans that continue to complain about the Packers' ability to draft, again, get some context. Go just look at a random team, any random team, and I would doubt that you're going to pick one that has been drafting better. I really doubt it. Even in a year in which the Packers only drafted for the future, they still drafted better than just about any team in the NFL. They weren't even trying. Like we're going to get a future quarterback, a future running back, uh, a third tight end, a strictly run-defending linebacker, some backup guards, and then, you know, the seventh round. They still drafted better. Irv Smith, second-round pick in uh, 2019. He's decent. He's okay. 29 pass-blocking grade isn't great, but, uh, you know, 75 as a receiver, which is decent. Certainly not, uh, you know making massive highlight reels and you know you don't need it because you got the running back and the wide receiver and such but and look I, I know you hit on justin jefferson like nobody's hit on i mean that's that's one of the better draft picks that's happened in a long time so kudos to that but still it's not good enough i mean you got justin jefferson to replace Stephon diggs great you replaced one of the guys what else alexander madison seems decent i guess i, I don't know I think the Vikings have become a team that is pretty good at drafting offense, and that's about it. At least offensive weapons, wide receiver, running back, maybe. I don't know. It's a small sample size, and we're talking about two good draft picks. Two. I found two on on this entire team. Maybe, again, third-round pick um, Cam Dantzler. So, brutal. Um, And Sam Darnold did get traded to the Carolina Panthers. So I'm hoping somebody listening to this happens to be one of the people that's been attacking me in the Facebook group and on my YouTube channel about, they're not going to pick a quarterback. Sam Darnold just needs some help. He needs some weapons. No, Sam Darnold is trash. Well, it's just because he played for a bad team. No, it's not just because he be- played for a bad team. He's just really bad. We've seen quarterbacks play for bad teams. Obviously, it's better if you play for a good team. You know who was a better quarterback last year? Joe Burrow, who is a rookie, who has nothing no offensive line there's no run game to speak of no real wide receivers to speak of and um he was by far better justin herbert was a fantastic quarterback last year no offensive line no real run game he's got a good wide receiver um but i mean look you can you can judge a quarterback by other things than just statistics right his statistics might not be very good but but the NFL evaluators have looked at um, Sam Darnold and have said that he's not very good. I mean, li- at least that's the rumor is that I believe it was Tony Pauline. I don't remember, though. He had asked some people and, and one of the people responded back that he's just basically useless. I mean, he it, he's he's so bad. The mechanics, everything about what he's doing, the, the mental processing, the whole thing is just, it's terrible. Which, again, I feel a little vindicated because he was... So many people in that draft are like, he's the great, he's so good, and it's like, I don't see it, man. So I just chalked it up as it's one of those things where you got to be a really good evaluator and a really good coach or something to see what it is he does well, because I don't really see it. starting to think that that whole industry is just fake, you know? Because I fully admit that I don't know what I'm doing, right? I I watch Coach Hawn talk about stuff, and it's like, yep, I don't know Jack. But I'll plop down and watch a guy play and go, eh, he's not that great. And my hit rate is at least as good as most of these – these scouts now I'm, I'm not talking about coaching and coach honest that 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 takes a special thing to be a coach scheming all that stuff putting your guys in the we know for a fact that that that's important i'm talking about the value i'm talking about the scouts people who watch people play in college and then say he's going to be a good pro i think that's like guys playing the stock market remember that whole study where they had like monkeys picking stocks and they did just as well as the brokers or whatever I think that's what we're talking about. I bet if we got monkeys to make draft picks, it would be just about as good. This monster's uh, feeling all right. Headache's gone, too, which is nice. Then finally, Lane Taylor is visiting the Texans. So there you go. There's that. I do have another little segment thing that I wanted to do, and we got to kind of get hurrying up here. A lot of people wanting to get in the Discord and whatnot for Patreon. Um, I made a new link, and then like two people joined, and then I think it expired after a day. And then like 15 people showed up out of nowhere and tried to use the link and it doesn't work. And they're like, dude, this never works. It's like, it does work. You just, you take forever to get here. So then I tried to do a link that doesn't expire and everyone's like, it does. It, this link doesn't work. So I'm going to try again today. We'll see how it goes. I don't know. I don't know why it's not working. But if you would like to support the podcast, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can join Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. helps me out absolutely tremendously. And uh, you can jump in on the Discord and hang out, talk to other patrons and ask questions and whatnot. Another way to help out is to leave a five-star iTunes review. Thank you very much to Matt Trombone for the five-star review, man. I appreciate that. Otherwise, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, tell your pastor's kids, tell your kid's pastor. I don't care. Let's ramp it up. Let's get it going. Take a break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. So this is going to be somewhat of a depressing exercise. It'll go quickly, but I thought it would be kind of fun. And by fun, I mean awful. If we looked at, because again, we, we kind of, we get very dogmatic about how things have to be, right? It, it, when you do a mock draft, you're going to get a ton of feedback about that would never happen. That's ridiculous. That's not a good value. That's not what the Packers would do. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. As though we didn't just watch the 2020 uh, draft. And so I said, okay, what would it look like if the Packers drafted this year very similarly to that they did to the 2020 draft? And I say very similarly because some people will disagree with my methodology, but it, it's not an exact science, all right? And I got to be honest, this would depress a lot of people, not probably as much as last year. But again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, we have to come away with this. And I think it is important that you guys do some mock drafts and some other stuff because it at least give you some context in terms of, of what's even possible. Because some people are so irrational. It's like we have to come away with a first-round corner tackle and wide receiver and probably a linebacker. Otherwise, this is a failure, right? And yes, I I, I didn't say that improperly. That's how people feel, right? <laughs> or we got to come away with those four positions in the first three rounds. Otherwise, we're, we're idiots. And, 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 and I'm dead serious about that. Some people will act that way because no matter who it is that goes in the fourth round, they're going to say, we, we shouldn't have waited to the fourth round for this. You don't have a choice. We have four positions of need or, you know... Presumably, I don't know. I don't know exactly what you think. And there's only three rounds ahead of that. So I don't, don't, mathematically, I don't know how that's possible. So I'll tell you what, you don't get to complain to me until you throw a mock draft in the group, or at least send it to me personally. When you send me a mock draft, then you can complain. And if you come and complain to me about the draft after the draft, I'm going to say, time out. go do a mock draft, send it to me, or just, you know, Based on what the draft was we should have taken this guy. To, okay, fine. As long as you're willing to be on record so that I can refer back to it and call you an idiot after the season and all those guys you picked are garbage, as long as you're willing to do that, then you can complain to me. But all right, here we go. We have a seven round mock draft and I did trade. I traded up in the first round because it's what we did last year. It also evens out the number of picks because we have one more pick this year than last year. Um. So I gave up a fourth again. We still have a fourth because we have two fourths in this draft. So they're not the exact same picks, obviously, but whatever. We we have nine picks this year, just like we had last year. And we gave up a fourth to move up a little bit in the first, just like we did last year. And so with the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and yes, the Packers did trade up for this, the Green Bay Packers select Trayvon Morig Woodard, safety out of TCU. So the thought process, and this is generally how the picks are going to go. It comes down to value. And remember, Jordan Love was actually a decent value where the Packers picked him. It wasn't that he was taken too early. Uh, We took him at 26, and his consensus value was about 24th. So Trayvon Morig is a decent value. It's not perfect, but um, at least as far as what happened last year. But the thought is, it is a position that Packers fans feel is completely unnecessary. In fact, it's one of the few strengths that we have on this team. And so there's no reason, especially to trade up, to get a guy that's just going to sit on the bench. Now, I don't know that he's actually going to sit on the bench, but that's going to be the mentality of a lot of Packer fans. Again, we wasted Aaron Rodgers. We've wasted his career. We refused to get him a wide receiver or any kind of help, and we traded up to draft a guy that's not even going to play because we have Amos and Savage. Now, because we're doing this, we might as well use this as an opportunity to learn about some prospects. Trayvon Morig is the number one safety prospect, presumably, based on the boards and whatnot. He is a better uh, value. Right now, the only first round value safety. Um, he's graded up fairly well in his three-year career. Largely consistent, but in 2019, he absolutely completely blew up. And I think a lot of people that are looking at Trayvon are um, honing in on 2019. Actually, kind of similar to Jordan Love. Um, 2020 wasn't a bad season, although you could certainly call it that. In fact, he most of his games were kind of below average. But 2019 is the year everybody's going to look at when they want to see what his ceiling is. Uh, again, the, the old scouting adage, don't tell me what he can't do, tell me what he can do. All right, then you're looking at 2019. I mean, his his worst game in 2019 was against Kansas State, which was a 62 overall grade. His overall grade for the season was a 91. His coverage grade was a 91.9. Um, only allowed 53% reception rate, 288 yards, three touchdowns, had four picks and 12 pass breakups, 57.8 passer rating when targeted. Oh, they are starting to add some defensive stats here. Nice. So they've been upgrading a lot of stuff. It's all been offense, but um, we got missed tackle percentage, 12%. What else is new here? They've got alignment percentages, which is nice because this is stuff that I've been doing kind of manually. So it's nice that they've done this. But um, 198 snaps in the box. 172 at free safety, 313 in the slot. So again, kind of similar to what I said about Javon Holland. Um, he's actually, this past past two years? No, all three years. All three years, he's actually spent more time in the slot, even though he has been designated as a safety. So he gives you that that same, whatever I said about Javon Holland, is kind of the same thing for Trayvon Morig. 6'2", um, 202 is a fantastic size. But again, so, so first round happens and everybody's mad. Right, we didn't get the wide receiver. We've, we've been pumping up like five or six or seven, even like ten guys. But there's all these guys we've talked about, all the tackles, all the wide receivers we've talked about, the linebackers we've talked about, the interior guys we've talked about, the corners we've talked about, and we take a Trayvon Morrig. We've even talked about Javon Holland, but we haven't talked about Trayvon Morrig. So it's always going to be the guy we didn't talk about that nobody wants. Then in the second round, and again, lots of names that we've talked about, lots of lots of people, all that stuff. With the second round... I don't know exactly what pick it is. I didn't write it down. The 60th pick, something. The Green Bay Packers select Benjamin St. Juiced, cornerback, Minnesota. So the thought process is here, and again, it's not an exact parallel because a lot of Packer fans really, really, really want corner, whereas nobody wanted running back last year. But the idea being, again, Kevin King is going to be the starter. Jair is going to be the starter. Benjamin St. Juiced is there because although 2021 is not super dire, 2022 is massively dire. We have nobody under contract except Jair next year. So again, similar to the running back situation, where all your starters are gone, that's kind of the thing. So again, it's a guy that's a little bit more about the future than about now. Although again, a lot of Packer fans will look at it and say, "Okay, fine, we needed a running back." And he, and and here's the thing: even some people were even saying, "I get the the running back pick, but AJ Dillon is a terrible value." In fact, he was 59 picks expected to go 59 picks later than when the Packers took him. And that's about the same for Benjamin St. Um, He's about 60 picks later than what people thought. So there's a plenty of corners that Packer fans would have been okay with, but not Benjamin St. Just. but that's what the Packers went with. With the 93rd pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select Derek Barnes, linebacker Purdue. So this is our, so last year it was Josiah DeGuara, um, This year, it's going to be Derek Barnes' linebacker. And the reason being, this is sort of the, I need this for my scheme pick, right? Josiah Deguara is that guy that does that one thing for Matt LaFleur's scheme that he just needs because we don't have it. There's nobody that really does that thing. You know, the H-back, you know, the motion tight end, whatever. Derek Barnes is the, okay, we need somebody to fit the scheme. What's it going to be? Well, we need a linebacker for Joe Barry's scheme. Once again, horrible value josiah deguaro was expected to go around 164 we took him at 94 so very similar um being in the 90s we took a guy in the 160s so again the value here is is really terrible according to the uh, draft community now this isn't a great pick because you know i don't know that this guy is the right scheme fit but it's again it's just preparing you for why why that guy of all the guys why that guy but uh, Derek Barnes out of Purdue, six one, 245 pounds. His only real asset that he's any good at is tackling. Run defense grade is low. Coverage grade is low. Pass rush grade is low. Not a whole lot going on here. So hopefully this isn't the pick. Which, by the way, again, and I talked about this before, He he's listed as a linebacker here. He's pretty sure he played mostly pass rusher at Purdue. But we'll, we'll leave that aside because, again, that doesn't super matter. With the 143rd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft in the fourth round, the Green Bay Packers select Connor Weddington, wide receiver, Stanford. So this is our Kamal Martin pick. It's the pick in which we look at it and say, okay, we finally got that one position. We were kind of hoping we'd get all the way in the first round. If not the first round, probably the second round. If not the second round at the latest, hopefully we get him in the third round. We get the token pick, you know. I think in that draft it was the 5th round and in, in this draft it's the 4th round this is our second 4th round pick and again terrible value in fact this is the worst uh second worst value of of any pick uh I shouldn't uh, second or third it doesn't matter 115 picks too early he was Kamal Martin was projected to go in the two around 290 we took him at 175 so again we finally get the pick it's later than we wanted And it's certainly not the guy we wanted. Connor Weddington, six foot, 204 pounds, played four years at Stanford, did kind of step up a little bit in 2020. I guess you can call it a breakout, although it's only three games. So, you know, not a lot to love here, which is probably why he's expected to go in the 200s. With our 174th, 179th and 215th picks, I decided to get my one, two, three. You know how we triple up a lot? Kind of had a hard time because it's got to be a different position. I mean, you could have gone linebacker, could have gone wide receiver, but we kind of already hit on those, so I had to do something else. So it's got to be a position we haven't really touched on yet. And last year we went with guard, so I kind of feel like it should be something that you could probably still get some value out of. So I don't really want to do tackle. So I figured I would go with defensive tackle. So with the 174th pick, I went Bobby Brown the third. Hilariously, there is a Bobby Brown, a Bobby Brown the second, and two Bobby Brown the thirds to choose from here. That is a very popular name that uh, people just love to pass down, which I can understand that. My name was Bobby Brown. Probably want to pass that down also. But uh, 6'4", 325, run defender, not a pass rusher. You know the drill. With the 179th pick, I went with Daryl Slayton, defensive tackle out of Florida. Um, he's actually gotten worse every year, which is quite a feat. You don't see that very often, but 79, 77, 70, and 68 are his is his uh, path over four years. He is 6'5", 340. So you're getting him to be a run defender. Although again, he hasn't really done very well at that the last two years of his college career, but he did the first two years, which although his first year was kind of a shortened year. So he did it that one time. So that's cool. Um, by the way, as far as value, both of those are right about decent value. John Runyon was the Bobby Brown pick. That was about 15 picks too early. So decent value. To Daryl Slayton was the Jake Hansen pick, which is uh, 16 picks too early. So right about that correct value simon stepniak was not even on the board he literally wasn't on the board so i literally just went and took the worst defensive tackle available and drafted xavier kelly at pick 215 in the sixth round defensive tackle out of arkansas um and the grades are uh, reflective of a team of a player that um you know is, is the last on the board. I mean, he had a decent year in 2018 with Clemson. He played three years at Clemson, went to Arkansas, and you kind of hope you see a spike when you go to Arkansas, right? Okay, it's tough in Clemson, but you go to Arkansas and you dominate. No, it was, it was terrible in Arkansas. He has 19 total pressures over four years. Granted, he hasn't played very much because, you know, he's not even a starter in college, but uh, there's that. With the 221st pick in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Green Bay Packers select Trey Ragas running back Louisiana Raging Cajuns this is our Vernon Scott pick so the the thought process as I put it here is a position we've already addressed in the draft last year but why not massively over drafted um, which is to say this is the aside from the Simon Stepniak pick who wasn't even on the board this was the biggest reach so Vernon Scott was expected to go or not expected to go because this is off the draft but he was valued about three sixty two. we took him at 236 which is 126 picks too early. So Trey kind of fits that. Although I will say 5'10" 230, I mean that's got uh, it's got Gutekun's written all over it and although it is the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns, so he isn't playing the greatest competition in the world. His grades are 78, 87, 80 and 90.5. So I mean, that ain't too bad. And, and again, 5'10" 230, that's got Gudukan's written all over it. This this is the one pick where it's like that might happen as a 6 round pick. And then finally, the one that'll send Packer fans into just complete and total despair with the 258th pick in the seventh round of the 2021 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select Jamie Newman, quarterback, Georgia, kind of. Um, so this one was kind of tough, but the thought is, so this, this is the Jonathan Garvin pick. And remember, we took Jonathan Garvin um, at a time in which in 2019, the biggest strength of this entire team was the edge right? Zadarius was the number one guy in football. Rashawn was getting better. Preston had more sacks than just about anybody. I mean, it was just, it was the most dominant part of the team. And so I said, okay, what was the most dominant part of 2020? And well, that would be our MVP quarterback, who was literally the highest grade, I think the highest graded player in all of football. It also doesn't completely not make sense because we just moved on from our longtime backup quarterback. So we've got Jordan Love. We could use a You know, another guy. I I tend to think we're going to pick one up as an undrafted free agent, but why not take a shot in the seventh round, especially since Jonathan Garvin was actually a decent value. It was uh, the only guy in the entire draft that I know of, aside from Jordan Love, that was taken at a good value. 52 picks later than expected. He was expected to go around 190. We took him at 242. So Jamie Newman is a decent value. And I'll be honest, he's actually kind of a, a fun prospect. A lot of people really like him. He played for for Wake Forest for 3 years in 2018 and 2019. He was actually pretty dominant and I guess 6'4" 230. He's a big body guy. But the, the 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 biggest frustration people had is that he transferred to Georgia but then didn't play. Everybody wanted to see, okay, well, now that you go to a big program, what can you do? And unfortunately, we we don't really know because we didn't actually get to see it. But um I mean the stats at Wake are are Pretty solid. I mean, really low turnover-worthy play percentage numbers, high big-time throw numbers. Um, adjusted completion percentage in 2019 was 71.1. Uh, he threw for 2,873 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions is kind of high. Um, if he, He's a great deep ball thrower, so his, his grade on short passes, 68. Medium passes, 84. Passes beyond 20 yards, 96.2. Kind of struggles under pressure, but not terrible. 64 overall grade under pressure, 87 when kept clean. And remember, the Packers generally do a good job of blocking, so you figure probably going to be closer to 87 than 64. And then as a rusher, I mean, he didn't grade out super well, but he can do it. I mean, he ran for 712 yards and six touchdowns. So, um, yeah, fun prospect. And, and and the thing is, I think he's the kind of guy that Packer fans are going to love. I think he'd be similar to like a Taysom Hill where he's got these these sort of NFL traits that you don't expect to see from your your third quarterback. And especially the the anti-Jordan Love folks are going to have every reason to love Jamie Newman. They're going to say he's better than Jordan Love. We should have him be our, you know, all this stuff. It's just going to create this drama that's just going to be, I mean, we should make a reality show out of it. But so, again, this is... This is sort of the bottom of the barrel in terms of expectations. But again, this is kind of in line with what happened last year and what we should be prepared for. We get all these names and we get excited about all these guys and we've done a million mock drafts. And it's like, I bet it goes like and all the mock drafts look almost identical, right? We feel like they don't, but it's the same names, even in the later rounds popping up. The picks the Packers made here based on if I could replicate as close to, to last year as I, as I possibly can are Trayvon Morig. Benjamin St. Juice, Derek Barnes, Connor Weddington, Bobby Brown, to Daryl Slayton, Xavier Kelly, Trey Ragus, and Jamie Newman. There you go. How sad is that? <laughs> so keep your expectations as low as humanly possible, and if you hear a name of a prospect you really like that the Packers take, get extra excited about it. Don't sit here and expect them to take the guys that you've been hearing mocked to the team for months because you're just going to be let down. We don't know what's going to happen. I didn't list one name that you've probably heard unless maybe Benjamin Say Juiced you heard in like the fourth round the Packers taking. We took him in the second, though. So it's just to prepare you for the draft and also myself because I do the same thing every year where I hear a name and it's like, that's not a name that I wanted to hear. I haven't mocked that guy to the Packers ever. I've done 700 mock drafts. I've never once taken that guy. Exactly. That's why we're taking him. But anyways, I got to get going. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, man. I got excited. I was like, wait a minute. It's Tuesday. Have a good Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.